Welcome to Anthology of Heroes. On today's episode, we have an incredibly special guest, an actual blood relation to Ahmad Shah Durrani, who I covered on the Afghanistan episode. Medina, thanks very much for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. So I was shocked to see um, a comment on Instagram from someone who not only knew the person that I was uh, speaking about, but also was actually related to him. So you're, you're living in California, but your family is originally from Afghanistan. Is that right? Yes, that is true. So my family is originally from Herat, Afghanistan, and they migrated to the United States um, after the Soviet invasion. They went first to Iran and Pakistan and then ended up here in the late 1980s. And I was born and raised here in San Diego, California. Right. Okay. So quite a journey then. Absolutely. Yeah. They went through a lot and I'm super thankful and grateful to end up here. It's like the best country in the world. So. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's, um, they must have some real stories, I imagine, from, from getting through that. Oh, yeah. They went through, I mean, hell and back. Um, it's pretty amazing the things they went through. And it really taught me to be grateful for everything that I have now, for sure. Mm, definitely, definitely. So do you speak, um, do you speak any of the languages from, from back in Afghanistan or? Yes. So I speak Farsi um, and my family originally they spoke like Pashto and Farsi. However, unfortunately, Pashto is a little too hard for me. So oh, really? I uh, grew up, I spoke Farsi actually up until the age of like five or six when I started school here. And that's when I picked up English. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so fluent in um, Farsi and English and then maybe a tiny bit of Pashto. Is that right? By tiny, I'm talking like one or two words, right. okay. maybe that. Okay. Tourist level. <laughs> right, okay. exactly. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So so tell me about your family connection to Ahmad Shah Durrani. So is he your great-great-grandfather? Or, sorry, a few more greats, but... Right. <laughs> yeah, there's about seven greats in there. So I actually, um, so starting with him, um, I can go down the list of names to end up to my father, if you'd like. Yeah, if um, you can actually do it, that would be really interesting to hear. Of course. Yeah, definitely. So there's, of course, um, King Ahmad Shah Durrani. He's buried in Kandahar, Afghanistan. And then there is his son, Timur Shah, who is buried in Kabul. And then there is Shahzada Sultan. He's buried in actually the Herat Grand Mosque. So it's a really cool place to go see. Um, and then there is Giti Satan, um, Amir Zadeh, Haider Shah, Abdul Qadir, Abdul Qayyum. And Abdul Qayyum, up until him, um, from Giti Satan to Abdul um, Qadir, they're all buried in a cemetery in Pashtun, Afghanistan, which is actually our family's land. Wow. So, and then my grandfather is buried in San Diego, California, So, which is really random how life ends up. And yeah. then there's, of course, my father and my brother. So, <laughs> Wow. So that's t I, I tried to count. That sounds like about eight or nine generations, is it, or something? It's actually about seven. So my father, okay. Abdul Rahman, um, he is the seventh one. And then okay. there's my brother, Muhammad Bilal. So he's the eighth. <laughs> okay, okay. Wow. So w was was lineage to him common? Do you, do you know if it's something that a lot of families have, have claimed to? Yes. So, um, and I mean, they are rightful to do that. Um, so the family, of course, you know, as generations go on, it expanded. And of course. Um, different, like, 
I want to say descendants of the original family. They've moved to like different parts of Pakistan, of course, Afghanistan, India, and they are related to him. However, it's not as direct of a lineage. So that's the only difference. Right. Okay. And when you say direct, you mean? So in terms of being like the son of the son of the, like the eldest son, each one being the eldest. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's incredible. To be honest, I was kind of, (laughs) I was interested to see if you could actually do it. And then you just rattled off eight (laughs) names without even thinking about it. So I have to tell you, I when it comes to the historical aspect of it, of course, my father and stuff, they know way more than I do. I just kind of know the basics as of right now. Um, but I'm definitely learning more and more as the years go by. Yeah, yeah. I think that's honestly such an incredible lineage. Of course, absolutely. It's such an honor to even learn about it, for sure. So, so were you were you taught about him from a, a young age? Was there kind of family stories that were were shared with you when you were growing up? Or yes, so um, the younger generations of our family have had his values. It's instilled within us from like a very young age, um, and he, you know, he encompasses the very eth- essence of what it means to be an Afghan. So. He like embodied bravery, courage, determination, and we heard about all of those like stories and recollections. However, the interesting thing is, um, I know more like anecdotal stories about his great, 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 great <laughs> um, grandsons and things as opposed to him himself, because a lot of the history regarding him is actually accessible on many research databases. Mm-hmm. So. I like to hear more of the unique stories about the descendants and everything. Yeah. So tell, tell me a bit about that, because I, I know Tim Shah. I, I got up to that, but that's kind of where, um, you know, the episode right. was about um, Ahmed Shah. So tell, tell me about his great grandson. Yeah. So um, there is one of them, Amir Zada in particular. Um, he is an incredible entity in the family. Um he constantly fortified like the spiritual aspect of the family. And what's interesting is actually his father. So Giti Satan, um, he's the one that kind of evolved the political realm of the family into a more spiritual one. And he kind of revived that within the family, although it was always there, he really emphasized that more. And, um, there's a lot of miraculous stories about them. Um, such as the like things that they would do that um, would really inspire people and make them in awe and everything like that. And that's what uh, kind of stands out to me the most. So that's, yeah, that's very special to me to hear how, how much they would inspire people. Uh, so are we talking like, um, you know, literally miracles that are, you know, about, out of this world? Or are we talking more charisma and stuff like that? It's actually both. Oh, really? Um, so, okay. yeah, it's really interesting. So, for example, like um, Amirzada, he, uh, there's a story of him that there, he had very long hair. Okay. So okay. it was like reaching like down his back and everything. And he would go in um, the mountains to kind of meditate, right? And there was a particular spot. It was like in a cave that he would like to go in. And, um, he would like recite the Quran and everything like that. And uh, as he would recite the Quran, he would do what we call as zikr. And so when he would like sway his hair back and forth, because, you know, when you get into the meditation process, um, they say that the 
his hair is actually imprinted on the walls of this cave. So every time they light a fire, you can literally see like the imprints of his hair, the pattern of his hair. Yeah, it's very, very amazing. Yeah, that is is really interesting. You must have done that quite a few times to get that imprint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, wow. Wow. I'm interested because from my, I mean, my personal interest comes from the fact that he kind of, if you overlay a map of Afghanistan now, it's quite similar to what um, his, you know, great grandfather Ahmad Shah Durrani did, right? So, as far as his ancestors went, do you know in terms of the empire what happened? I know they probably lost a bit of territory or it changed a bit. Do you know much about that? Um, yeah, so I know the very basics of it. And um, basically, so um, after King Ahmad Shah Durrani, his son Timur Shah became king, of course. And then his son, Shah Kamran, also became king. And then um, after that, uh, so Shahzada Sultan, who is Timur Shah's son, sorry, this is getting very complex. But, no, that's okay. I'll um, get a family tree on there. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, he was actually uh, killed by the Iranian army um, because Iran was trying to take over and conquer lots of parts of Afghanistan, including Herat, which is where my family is originally from. And he prevented that. However, he sadly lost his life in that war as well. So after him, his son, Gitti Satan, that's when he kind of um, let go of the monarchy. And he kind of, like I said, he went more into the spiritual route. And that's kind of when things changed in the family. Right. So... Um, Although there was less of like the kingdom and everything, literally the kingdom left, uh, there was, you know, the name was always there. So mm, Yeah, I guess if you can trace your lineage back to him, it's you're going to have that prestige, you know, at any point right. in life, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's a great honor. And with that comes like a great amount of responsibility, I feel. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think... Um... From what I learned about um, my favorite part about him, that he was so him having to kind of inspire loyalty to men who had never really fought together, different tribes of Afghanistan who were, you know, enemies naturally, he kind of brought them together. So it must have been really quite a man, right? Yeah, he's, I mean, he is, he is Afghanistan to mm. like, you know, to Afghans. Um, he's the founder of Afghanistan. So without him, I mean, our nation wouldn't exist. So mm. absolutely, he's not only a vital component, he is the component of mm. the nation. So, <laughs> Well, I'm glad I picked a good figure then because there were a few different ones <laughs> and I kind of settled on him because right. it's just such a story, right? Like, Exactly, yeah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of the new Medal of Honor podcast from Evergreen Podcasts, brought to you in partnership with the National Medal of Honor Museum. In each three-minute episode, we'll learn about a different service member who distinguished him or herself through an act of valor. We'll include stories from the Civil War to Iraq and Afghanistan, and from all branches of the military. 
We'll talk about service members who were overlooked for the medal at first due to their race or religion, and about those who were celebrated at the time. We'll hear stories of soldiers like Audie Murphy, future Hollywood star who mounted a burning tank to hold off German infantry in World War II, and people like Dr. Mary Edwards Walker, a Civil War Army doctor and the only woman to receive the Medal of Honor so far. Learn about these heroes and more wherever you get your podcasts. So you mentioned um, there were, I think when we spoke on Instagram, you mentioned your family tries to kind of keep the memory alive of him. What, what do they do? Is it just an informal oral history type of thing or is there, I don't know, any you know, family gatherings that are held and it's spoken about in a more formal way or? Yeah, so it's actually both. Um, a lot of times, like the older generations in our family, they try to teach the younger ones uh, about him and his history and his achievements and his values as a human being. Mm. And it is informal. However, there's a lot of formal teachings as well, um, such as like history in Afghanistan, the subject itself. Um, like I mentioned, you can find him on databases, research mm. easily. Mm. Um, but with us, it's more because it's so personal. It's not just the historical aspect of it. It's also, you know, how can we uphold that, right? And mm. being born in the United States, things are much different now. And for example, I have never been back in Afghanistan. Oh, really? Sadly. Okay. Yeah, but I fully intend to do that. I mean, it's after the Soviet invasion, everything changed. It was not as safe anymore, right? Mm. So, mm. but I fully intend to go back for sure. And so, um, yeah, they kind of taught us how to like be responsible with that name and kind of what we can do to not only maintain it, but expand it. Although we're in a different environment, how can we fortify that? Right. So that's kind of what they teach us for sure. Right. So so more kind of living up to the values he'd want to, he'd want, you know, his descendants to in a way. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, fair enough. So is there any... Um, this is, I probably know the answer to this one, but was there any interesting anecdotes that were told about his life that may not, you know, have made it into those databases that you spoke about? Any little stories that maybe are just a family story? Actually, what's very interesting is they're all out there. Really? <laughs> That's what's yet. So, yeah, they're all out there. I mean, like I mentioned with him, because he was such a well-known figure, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. No, fair enough. I mean, that's that's good that at least I, I've probably covered everything in the episode that's out there then. <laughs> good to hear. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you think I did did him a service, right? So it was um Absolutely. it was quite interesting to to learn about one of the most and that's kind of what I've learned. There's a lot of uh, you know, growing up in I'm Australian. I live in the UK, but um I grew up in Australia, okay. you get taught a very Western history that you've got Europe, and then you've got the European colonies, and then Africa, uh, the Middle East, everywhere else is just miscellaneous, right? It's a couple of line items. So it's been really interesting to learn. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I I was going to say probably a bit of a long shot, but I don't suppose your family has any, you know, any of his artifacts or anything like that, like an old sword or something he might have had a claim to or anything like that? 
Yes. So I actually heard accounts that my like great uh, grandparents and stuff had some of his personal belongings. Wow. However, unfortunately, because again, the whole Soviet invasion and they had to literally flee the country. Mm. So they weren't able to gather any valuable belongings and things kind of just got lost from there, sadly. Yeah, that's, so. that's such a shame, really. Well, it's interesting to know that maybe they're still out there then somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say a lot of them are probably in uh, Herat, so. so. I imagine that's where his, the majority of, you know, any kind of claim to his descendancy. Yeah, a lot of them are there. However, they're, again, they're all over. It's just the direct lineage of like the sons are all in Herat. Yeah. Okay. Is he kind of like, do, do you think his popularity spans across the majority of Afghanistan or is it, you know, mainly for Pashtuns, for example? Um, well, I think, I mean, I know definitely it's, it does span across the entire nation. However, Afghanistan, it did go through a lot of different ideological changes, specifically mm. in the 1970s. So um, that's when kind of a lot of the feud came about as well, is about the whole Pashtun versus whoever and whoever. But um, that kind of, you know, that changed and his popularity is all throughout Afghanistan. Like I said, without him, I mean, it wouldn't exist. So mm. that respect is universal in the nation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I particularly like the story of, I don't know if you, if you've heard of the, the Kori Noor, the diamond he, um, he took from Nadesha. Right. Shah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's still, that diamond now is, sits in the, um, in the Queen's kind of crown jewels in, in England. It got all the way there somehow. Yes. It's just so this, random. Yeah, I know. This diamond has seen a lot of history, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I always like that one, right? So, I mean, everyone's had their hands on that that thing at one point. <laughs> yeah, that that is really amazing. And it kind of goes to show how the world is truly connected in one way or another. Yeah. It's so random. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's just, um, everyone's everywhere at one point. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was going to say, as a more general question, and you might not know this, not growing up in Afghanistan yourself, but do you know what kind of history is taught in schools in Afghanistan? Because obviously, once again, in a Western country, there's a very unfortunate bias that Afghanistan is just the Taliban and terrorism, you know, and that's it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. And a lot of times with that, I mean, to be honest, I don't fully blame the audience in the West because... Uh, people are so busy in their lives, right? They don't have time to go out and do full research. So they're kind of, they absorb what they're taught. And so the media, especially whatever it portrays, that's kind of what we absorb as being reality. However, um, in terms of the history in Afghanistan, it's not as tampered with as it is in the West. I mean, mm. what they teach in history, that's what it is. That's how it is. Nothing is exaggerated or misconstrued or anything like that. Um, and in, in regards to King Ahmad Shah Durrani, I mean, his, like you said, like you mentioned, I, I grew up here. I don't know fully. However, I have an idea that they do teach his history as well. Because like I said, he is Afghanistan. Mm, so. <laughs> mm. I, I like the title he used too. It was, you know, Pearl of Pearls or Durrani Duran or something like that. I think that's as far as right, like yeah. Shah or King, I'd definitely be, you know, the Pearl of Pearls. <laughs> right. 
I was going to ask, you know, about your plans to visit home, right? Have you got any immediate plans to go back? Are you concerned at all for safety or it's more just a timing thing? Um, it's definitely a mixture of both. So okay. I am currently a, a college student, so I have that to get out of the way. And then um, it is safety as well. Um, and, you know, being born in America, I... I swapped out my tribal dresses for denim jeans, <laughs> but I definitely, like, I yearn to go back and I, I want that revival here in the States as well. So I would love to see that one day. Yeah, no, as, as someone who's like a big hiker, I've heard some of the best hikes in the world are in Afghanistan, right up in the hills. It looks very tranquil. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, although I haven't seen it with my own eyes, I def I saw a lot of pictures growing up, and it's it's incredible. It's such a diverse and dynamic topography. It's amazing. You can find anything from the highest mountain peaks to the most tumultuous mm. rivers, and it's just incredible, yeah. Mm. No, definitely, yeah. So it's on my list too, I think, so hopefully I'll manage to get, get over there sometime and see it myself. For sure, as we say in Islam, inshallah. <laughs> inshallah, I like it. Honestly, Medina, that's all I really had to, to go through. I won't take up too much of your time unless you've got anything else you wanted to go through. No, I just wanted to thank you so much for, I mean, bringing up his name and the history. It's very important for that to be taught, and I like to see the popularity of it expand. So thank you. No, look, it's it's my pleasure. So far, I've got a lot of positive messages from people from Afghanistan, so that's been, that's been good to see. Yeah, absolutely. A huge thank you to the show's Patreon supporters, Claudia, Tom, Malcolm, and Roll. A lot of people don't realize this, but this is a one-man show, so there's a big chunk of time that goes into research, writing, editing, and all that. I love sharing these stories, and it means a lot knowing you guys are enjoying them. Your contributions help me keep the lights on, sound libraries, web hosting, books, and all that. If you're not a patron already, we've got some really cool rewards like having the option to read out some of the quotes we use in our episodes. If you want to go have a look, tap the link in our bio. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show. 